There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Friday, April 29th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. Here are the stories we're working on today. There's movement in a 20-year-old case of a couple convicted of murdering and dismembering another couple from Fairfax County, who they met during a night out in Ocean City. WTOP's Neil Augenstein tells us about new details of potential cannibalism that came up after Benjamin and Erica Seifert's trial ended. Benjamin had suggested they eat the victims. And summer is just around the corner, but increasing gas prices and the squeeze on staffing at major airlines means the cost of your getaway is going up quickly. WTOP's Luke Lukert tells us where to go and when so we can save some dough on our next vacation. Try to get flights early in the month because that's when uh, the new work cycle starts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. We're starting this episode with a warning. This story has graphic details that could be upsetting to some listeners. A night out drinking turned into a couple's slaughter almost 20 years ago in Ocean City, Maryland. The victims, a couple from Fairfax County, were shot through a locked bathroom door and then dismembered. The killers, a former Navy SEAL and his wife, were convicted and imprisoned for murder. And we recently learned that the victims were potentially cannibalized. This 20-year-old case is back in the news this week as the former Navy SEAL Benjamin Schifferett got his first parole hearing since being sentenced to 38 years in prison, a verdict the judge said he disagreed with, calling Schifferett a butcher with a good lawyer. So, Neil, there's a lot going on here. Let's start from the beginning. What happened over Memorial Day weekend in Ocean City, Maryland, almost 20 years ago? It was 2002, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, a lot of people were up there, as they are every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin Seifert and his wife, Erica Seifert, two young, good-looking kids, were on a bus heading out for the evening, uh, as were Joshua Ford and Martha Crutchley. And uh, they were planning on going out for a good night. They ended up at Secrets, which, if you've ever been to Ocean City, is a very popular place. Yeah. And that's where they started the evening. And so did they know each other before? Was this like a random meetup or did they have a history together, these two couples? No, this was the first time they met. They met on the bus. They were they were going up there, and they apparently hit it off, and they, and yeah. they went into secrets together, and they they were drinking together for uh, for a couple of hours, and then they all decided to go back to the Seifert's rented condo. And that's where the story goes from being completely normal to just unbelievable. Um, tell us what happened when they got back. It, it's not exactly clear how it happened. Uh, or why it happened, or how much was pre-planned, but the the Seifritz started uh, saying that something had been stolen from them, and they accused Ford and Crutchley, and they they said, you know, we think that you're taking this from us, huh. and of course Ford and, and Crutchley were like, you know, what what are you talking about? That's hmm. you know, that, right. That's we just crazy. met you, yeah. But at, at that point, the couple was forced into the bathroom. They were told to get undressed, and they did. 
And they said, what do you, what, you know, what's going on at this point? Mm -hmm. uh, Benjamin Seifert uh, and Erica Seifert both had guns mm -hmm. and they closed the door behind them. The, the couple inside the bathroom were screaming and there were shots fired through the door. Joshua Ford was hit by bullets. And uh, when the Seiferts went inside, Jeannie Crutchley was dismembered with a knife. Uh, it's not even clear whether she was alive or dead at the time, but that's what happened. They, they cut up both of them. They put them into plastic bags. They brought them downstairs to a, to a dumpster and uh, their remains war weren't found till nine days later at a landfill that serves uh, Ocean City. Wow, that's unbelievable. Ford was hit by a bullet. We don't know if Crutchley was killed when the Seiferts then went inside and dismembered them. There weren't enough remains of Jeannie Crutchley found for them to determine whether she had been shot. And the Seifert couple, did they have a previous criminal history? Like, what was their story? Who were these people? Benjamin Seifert was a, uh, was a former Navy SEAL. Erica Seifert came from a, a great family in uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, her father was a uh, building contractor. She was a, a, a star basketball player, Mary Washington College. They did not have a, a long criminal history, either one of them. But once they got together, the argument was that Erica Seifert turned bad because of the relationship that she had with Benjamin. We didn't know it at the time, but Benjamin Seifert had a large swastika tattooed on his chest. It wasn't found out until, uh, until the, the trial, I guess. People who were on the beach might have noticed that. Were Crutchley and Ford Jewish? I guess, what is the motive here? I, I know the judge, in your reporting, you said the judge said it was just like a thrill killing. But is there any more information as to why they did this? It was never clear exactly why they did this. The couple did have boa constrictors named Hitler. Obviously, Benjamin Seifert had some... Uh, anti-Semitism going on in his life, yeah. but there's no indication that, that that had any relationship to Crutchley and Ford. They apparently just wanted to kill them um, and maybe even torture them beforehand. Uh, that's what the, when the case went to trial uh, and when they were convicted, that is what the, the judge said. And so let's now focus in on the trial. Benjamin Seifert and his then-wife Erica, you know, faced very different courtrooms, juries, and ultimately sentences. Benjamin got away with a lower sentence of 38 years, while Erica got life in prison plus 20 years. How did these two trials really play out, and why were they so different? Well, they were both moved because of the uh, pretrial coverage. Uh, Erica's trial was, uh, was moved to Frederick County, and Benjamin Seifert's case was moved to Montgomery County. Obviously, Worcester County, where uh, Ocean City is, they, they prosecuted both of the cases. But in uh, Benjamin Seifert's case in, in Montgomery County, the prosecution said that they teamed up to kill Crutchley and Ford. Mm. And that was pretty much all they could do because there wasn't enough physical evidence remaining for them to, uh, to be able to say who killed who. But in Montgomery County, 
Benjamin Seifert was totally cleared in the death of Ford, and he was found guilty of second-degree murder in, uh, in the death of Crutchley. The judge had his own opinions about what happened. He said that if it weren't for masterful lawyering, that in his mind, both of the Seiferts would be facing life in prison. That was uh, Judge Weinstein, who actually came out of retirement to try and sentence Benjamin Seifert. And he told Benjamin Seifert, I'm going to write down in the, this case file now that when you come up for a parole, if I'm still alive, I want the, uh, the parole board to contact me so I can come and oppose your parole. Mm. And after the juries made the decisions and the sentences were given, you know, the craziness of this story continued. You were telling us earlier that during the appeals process, we learned that there's potential cannibalism in this case. Can you tell us what you know and what we found out in the time after the trials? When Erica Seifert was appealing, she had a, a plea agreement with prosecutors that she would tell everything that she knew. Uh, and this was uh, immediately after being arrested. And during those conversations, she had mentioned that Benjamin had suggested they eat the victims and that there was discussion of, of cannibalism. Uh, that was never introduced at trial for obvious reasons. It's inflammatory and it, you can only talk about what's before the, the jury. So there was never any evidence that would show that that was not just her saying something. I mean, there's a possibility that it's true, but we don't know that. That's correct. It's uh, it's not clear that that, w that was ever a real uh, a, a real consideration, but that's what she told police was, uh, was being discussed. Wow. And you mentioned earlier that the dismembered bodies of these victims, they weren't completely found, right? Absolutely right. From what I recall, the morning after they had chopped up the bodies and put it in the dumpster, they went downstairs to make sure that it had been picked up from uh, from the dumpsters, that the remains had been uh, picked up. Later that day, the Seiferts went out to, I believe it was, it was either the Lowe's or the Home Depot out on the Eastern Shore and bought a new door to replace the bathroom door that they'd shot through. They had also cleaned up the uh, the apartment, and it was very painstaking for investigators to find any remains. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, as horrific as it sounds, there were only partial remains and uh, not very much to be able to describe how they were killed. Wow. It takes a lot, Neil, for you and I to be to be shocked because we cover crime on a regular basis. And I've and this this case is just beyond the pale. Um, fast forward now two decades, nearly two decades, to a room inside Roxbury Correctional Institution in Hagerstown where Seifert is there for his first parole hearing. And that's why it's in the news now and why we're doing this story and bringing this back up again. He's hoping to get early release. And tell us what happened today with that. During the parole hearing, uh, there's two parole commissioners who hear the case. Seifert was in the room with them. Four of the victims' family members were watching and, and participating via a teleconference. Seifert took some questions from the commissioners. The, uh, the family victims had some questions for the commissioners. And then the, uh, the commissioners ruled that, that Benjamin Seifert's uh, request for parole was refused. 
And so where do we go from here? I mean, are there other chances for parole for Seifert? Well, his mandatory uh, release date is in 2030. So do the math, that's uh, eight years from now. If he chooses to apply for parole again, he has to wait two years, and then he has to provide the, the commission with some sort of evidence that he's got some new information that would make it worthy of another parole hearing. If not, then, uh, then he'll stay in prison until 2030. And what about his ex-wife, Erica Seifert? They got divorced back in 2010. What is her parole process like? Her first attempt uh, at parole can come in 2024. Uh, over the years, I've tried to get in touch with, uh, with her lawyers with little success, saying that they just want to, to, to stay low. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's not clear whether she will try to get out on parole. If I can take a rare prediction of what will happen, I find it difficult to believe that either of them will ever be released on parole. Well, Neil, this is a gruesome, gruesome story and case, but we appreciate you, you know, keeping us up to date on it and, um, you know, telling the story. Thanks. We'll, we'll be in touch. I'll let you know if, uh, as things develop. After the break, have you planned your summer vacation yet? According to Luke Lukert, we're already behind the ball. He has some real tips about how we can save money and get around flight delays that are plaguing the airline industry as of late. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download Podcast. Megan and I do this show all on our own, and we appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you like the show or have a suggestion, let us know by leaving a review or rating the show. Both of those things help us get better and help us grow our audience. Thanks again. If you've got plans to fly to the beach this summer, be prepared for higher ticket prices, cancellations, and delays. Several major airlines are already cutting flights this summer due to staff shortages. Luke Lukert is here with us to tell us about what we can expect. Of course, COVID is kind of ending. We're all excited to travel, and here we are with more obstacles in our way. This is clearly going to cause more delays, Luke, right? Oh, yeah. If you've flown in the past four months, you've probably run into some sort of issue, whether it's a delayed flight, canceled flight. I went on two ski vacations just these past couple of months. Both times had some sort of issue oh, really? with a uh, flight. So if you're traveling a lot right now, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, and it's probably going to get worse this summer. Mm. So is the time now to really get those tickets, um, or is there any chance that things could ease? Book soon. Book <laughs> immediately. I love you're a travel agent oh now. If you, uh, if you plan on flying this summer, you, you're going to want a book. So I talked to uh, Peter Greenberg. He's CBS uh, News travel editor. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we saw uh, the rise in ticket prices go about 7% a month. And that was just due to increased demand. You know, more people are getting out there and flying. Uh-huh. But with this situation in Ukraine, lots of oil prices going up, more demand. And as you said, those staff uh, shortages, canceling uh, up to 10% of flights for the summer, 
Uh, ticket prices right now are rising 7% every four days. So the sooner you can book wow. your flight, you're going to want to. Because, I mean, if you just put it off two weeks and, I mean, you can say, oh, I need to book that. I'll book it later. Two weeks can go by mm. and it can go up by almost 20%. And 7 is a kind of a small number, but 7% of like a $200, $300, $400, $500 flight. Yeah. I mean, those are big chunks of money every four days. It doesn't yeah. take long for that to add up in the hundreds. Exactly. I mean, you, you put it off for... Uh, two weeks, and you're looking at a 20 to 25% increase in a flight. Why do I feel like before you filed story for TOP, you were, like, booking flights <laughs> for your vacations? Well, I, I honestly, like, I, I have to go to a wedding in June, and, and I was just thinking this whole time when I was interviewing Peter, I was like, what am I doing interviewing this guy? I need to uh, go and book that flight for this wedding. Did Peter Greenberg say, is it every airline that's experiencing this? I mean, as far as the staff shortages, because I know everybody's dealing with oil prices and all that, but is it across the board or is yes, there certain? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Some are worse off than others. As he, he put it, um, there are a couple of airlines that decided to ramp up their uh, routes and, and add more routes to service uh, during the pandemic to try to get more people flying. Those airlines seem to be canceling a lot more. Some were a little bit more conservative during the pandemic, didn't necessarily add routes. Gotcha. And, uh, they're, they're canceling a lot less flights. But across the board, you're going to see, if not a bunch of cancellations, delays in your flights, just trying to find a ground crew to man that flight for you. Wow. So the time is now to get your ticket. Mm -hmm. But even if you get that ticket, it might be delayed or canceled. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, that's so bleak. He did offer some good news, though. If you do want to travel and you haven't picked a destination yet, look at going to Europe. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the COVID restrictions are over, so you can travel to Europe kind of unimpeded. Mm. And ticket prices are cheap compared to flying domestically if you want to go to Europe. Wow. So right now, he said if you fly to Portugal or Ireland, uh, it's cheaper than flying basically from New York to L.A., he even said uh, a round trip to Lisbon right now from New York was cheaper than L.A. to San Francisco. Cheers to that. Wow, that's, yeah. that's so, great news. Uh, if you... So just get creative with your destinations. <laughs> yeah. Don't go see family. Go on your European vacation. Download bring Duolingo. To, uh, <laughs> it might be cheaper to bring the whole family to Europe <laughs> than half of us to uh, go visit the other half of family. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. And then if you want to avoid those cancellations— Try to get uh, flights early in the month because that's when uh, the new work cycle starts. Mm. And so there are more crews available and they haven't met those hours. Oh, that's a good tip. Yep. Um, also, if you can, if you want to avoid delays the most, you're going to have to get up a little early. You want to get that first flight in the morning. It's probably going to be best chance of uh, having a, a crew ready to go. Wow. Luke Lukert, who also has a future in travel experiences <laughs> and planning trips. I feel for... like Clark Howard right now. If you guys know who Clark Howard <laughs> is, he's this uh, travel agent radio personality who I grew up listening to. I feel like him right now, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> that is fun. Well, it's, it's a really good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, thanks for bringing us the details. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And before we go, we got to talk about this other beach that's not any coasts. It's actually inside the district. Wait, wait a minute. What? Upper Beach Drive. It's oh. in Rock Creek Park, and it's been closed throughout the pandemic to cars, like seven days a week, because uh -huh. they want to give people more space to recreate. Just that, like, one section, though. Yeah, 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 just that one section, yeah. But today, the Park Service says, hey, we're going to keep it closed to cars seven days a week throughout the entire summer. 
Originally, April 30th, this Saturday, they said that they're going to open it back up to cars. Yeah. Um, but they said, no, we're just going to keep it closed. That's awesome. Yeah, because people really love it. And there's this push to kind of keep cars out of that section. It's a beautiful section of Rock Creek, you know. It's a creek, and it's awesome. There's a creek in Rock um, Creek and everything. It's true. You it's, know what, though? I think that's really cool because I think that a lot of drivers have already made their, you know, they're used to it being closed. Right. So they have the routes around it, and that's yeah. not that big of a deal to them. Yeah. I mean, probably some people care. But having that open space, I mean, just to take over the road and bike and not yeah. worry about your kids getting hit by a driver or something, you can just, like— It's huge. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So through Labor Day, it's going to be closed, and during that time, they're going to study— the traffic patterns around that area to see if they want to close it or keep it closed like that forever. So oh, we'll see. We'll we'll cool. keep an eye on it. And from one beach to another beach. Here we go. Tell me about your weekend, Luke. Yes, this weekend I'm going to San Diego where I went to college. I'm going to do a little surf trip with my buddies. It's going to be great. Just so we can all be jealous of Luke. That's why I'm telling everybody. <laughs> He's going to San Diego. It's a quick trip, though. It he is. He has to be back <laughs> in this seat on Monday morning. Back in the studio Monday morning. So, yeah, get a nice uh, red eye on Sunday night. It's going to be fun. And your eyes actually might be red because you're going to spend basically the entire time in salt water. That's true. Hanging out. It'll be good for my health. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, it's I'm, be awesome. I'm. I'm hoping you have an amazing time. And you have no flight delays. Yes, yes, fingers crossed. Oh, my gosh. Knock on wood. I guess you guys will know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll know on Monday if you hear just me. That's what happened. Luke just abandoned us for California. Hopefully not. I'll make it back. (laughs) Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for joining us for the DMV Download this week, our first full week. We appreciate you guys being here with us. Uh, The show is produced by me, Megan Cloherty. And me, Luke Garrett. And we are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab. And our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate the show if you get the chance. You can find out more about the show and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. And the DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. You can listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great weekend.